0: set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you.
1: I often like to start a lesson or a teaching with a hook line of something that gives you a reason to care to listen to what I'm saying. (laughs) Uh, Here's my hook line for my question, so to speak. Have you ever been around a lazy coworker? You've had to work around this guy. He's just not into it. His heart's not in it. He's just not there. Uh, How does that make you feel? Is that frustrating? Well, of course it is. It's very frustrating. As a matter of fact, you've got those, also those people that perform just enough, the bare minimum. I mean, they do just what they're told and then they stop. They know they're there to accomplish a certain task, but they're only going to operate by when somebody tells them every single time somebody has to tell them to do everything. They'll do it, but then they sit down again. I've been around that. It's very frustrating. Let's say you're a business owner and you hire somebody for X dollars per hour, but they're not really giving you the work they're capable of. You know they're capable of doing better and they're just not giving it to you because they, well, I am I did the job he told me and I sit down. Well, whether you're a coworker or an owner, that's very frustrating because you know you're either not getting the work you have paid for or it's making it harder for you, the coworker, to to get the overall task done that everybody should be pitching in for together. I uh, have talked to some music friends of mine, because I'm not musically inclined. So I talked to a friend uh, who was in a band. I said, who's the one guy that can mess up the whole song for everybody else trying to play it? Is it the drummer? I figured maybe the drummer, because he keeps the timing. I had one guy said, well, in my opinion, it's not really the drummer. It's the bass player. So I mean, I... I would have thought the drummer. I don't know. For you music people, uh, you may have your own opinions. I I don't know. I have to ask other people, but that's not really the point. You know that when you're playing in a band and you need to play well, one guy can mess it up for everybody, whether it's the guitarist or the bass player, drummer, or just a guy that can't sing right, whatever. Somebody doesn't perform and give their best. Everybody else is putting their best into it, and they see the one guy that's not. Well, it messes everybody up. And, you know, I, I've seen bands that had gigs to go play. They had to go play somewhere, and they needed to play good because they were going to get paid for it. And how well you play on this one is going to determine if you get to come back and play again. You need to put your best in it. But one knucklehead in the group is messing it up for everybody. It's very frustrating. And, you know, in the body of Christ, there's a lot of that, too. There are people in the body of Christ, they're they're there, but their heart just not it just isn't fully into it. And that can corrupt some other people to want to do the same thing. You've seen it before, people at work. You've got that guy that just isn't performing well, and he does just enough, if, if even that. And he sits down, and then you've got a guy that's working well. But he sees the other guy sitting down. He's thinking, hey, if I'm getting the same paycheck as him, is getting the same wage as him, and he's laying down, taking it easy, well, then I'm going to take a break too. Well, now he's corrupted other people. You don't want that. You don't want that in the workplace. You don't want it in the body of Christ either. So I want to take you to Colossians 3 and verse 23. For those listening to me on the radio... I'm giving you a minute to get there to Colossians 3 and 23 because we have what's called digital Bibles. You can get to a location in a hurry. They're awesome. Uh, (laughs) When I first started preaching, uh, not many people had digital Bibles. I actually heard pages turning. When I said, go to Colossians 3, 23, you'd hear pages all over the place turning, and it sounded wonderful. I don't hear pages anymore. I think maybe I should... uh, get some pages recorded in, uh, on a, a track somewhere, and whenever I tell people to turn to a certain page, I will we'll play that sound, uh, of, uh, that sound file in the church of pages turning, because I always like to hear it. <laughs> but anyway, that was then, this is now. So Colossians 3 and 23, it says, "...and whatever you do, do it heartily, as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ." Well, it's, I like how it opens with whatever you do. You're thinking, well, Ray, I'm not a pastor and I'm not in ministry. Well good, that's fine. You're placed where you are not to get a paycheck. you're You're there for the priority of Christ first. Wherever you work is your ministry. That's why it says, whatever you do, do it heartily. Do it heartily, whether you're whether you work in the home, as a homemaker, as a mom. Or if you go out and work a big career, if you bag groceries or whatever, whatever you do, it says, that covers everything. Put everything you got into it. Do it heartily. Put yourself all in. Don't be halfway, 50%. Well, I did enough. I'm stopping. I'm done for the, for now. That's that's not a characteristic of God, and it should not be a characteristic of us if we are in Christ. That should not be the way we operate. But do it heartily, as to the Lord and not to men. I know that you have a boss that you consider to be a J-E-R-K, and whatever you think about him, don't say it, it's not right, but you have your opinions, but you don't serve him directly, you serve the Lord directory, uh, d- directly, and whatever he tells you to do, you're under his authority, give everything you got. Well, I, I don't like him, and he's mean to me, and he's unfair, that doesn't matter, You work for the Lord, and according to the authority of Christ, you're under the authority of that boss. You put your best in. It doesn't matter how he treats you. It matters how the Lord has treated you. That's how we are to work. Put our best, best, best into it. And, you know, being 50% or halfway, well, you know, I went to church. That's my—I tied—oh, I even went Wednesday night to church— Oh, good for you. Yay. Let's all clap. That's, that's not your best. You've got a 24-7 ministry out there in whatever you do, whatever you do. You get up in the morning, come to work with a good attitude rather than I have to be here. Oh, yeah, we've all been there. I don't want to be at work. Hey, you're at that workplace to represent Christ. The paycheck is just a side benefit. Treat your job like it's your ministry because it says whatever you do, do it heartily. Okay, as to the Lord, because you'll receive the reward of the inheritance for you serve the Lord Christ. Wow, I hope you can get up in the morning and go to work tomorrow feeling a whole lot better about what you do. (laughs) That's your ministry. People in the workplace that don't know Jesus might see Jesus through you because everybody hates that job and that bus is a J-E-R-K and you're the only one there with a smile on your face just eating it up. They're going to wonder why. Why are you like this? It's like, hello, Ray, why are you so happy to be here? Everybody else hates it here. Well, I'm here serving the Lord Christ, and I'm going to give it the best I got. And you're going to confuse them. They're going to call you a nerd. You're going to be weird. But you know what? You're also going to be holy. Holy is set apart, different. You're going to be different from everybody else. And that's an attention getter. As it's been said in the movies, that's an attention getter. You're going to get their attention. So use it. Use where God's put you. But I want to show you something in 2 Chronicles 3 and 1. Now, I'm going to go right on into it, but this is a a radio show or a podcast. You can hit pause button, come back and pick it up later. So I'm going to move. 2 uh, Chronicles 3 and 1. It's talking about when Solomon was building the temple. It says, Now Solomon began to build the house of the Lord at Jerusalem on Mount Moriah, where the Lord had appeared to his father David, at the place that David had prepared on the threshing floor of Ornan the Jebusite. And he began to build on the second day of the second month in the fourth year of his reign. This is the foundation which Solomon laid for building the house of God. The length was 60 cubits by cubits, according to the former measure and the width 20 cubits and the vestibule that was in front of the sanctuary was 20 cubits long across the width of the house. And the height was 120 He overlaid the inside with pure gold. The larger room he paneled with cypress, which he overlaid with fine gold. And he carved palm trees and chain work on it. And he decorated the house with precious stones for beauty. And the gold was from pervium. He also overlaid the house, the beams and doorposts, its walls and doors with gold. And he carved cherubim on the walls. And he made the most holy place. Its length was according to the width of the house, 20 cubits, and its width, 20 cubits. He overlaid it with 600 talents of fine gold. The weight of the nails was 50 shekels of gold, and he overlaid the upper area with gold. My goodness, this temple that Solomon built... It was built with incredible precision to exacting standards. It said this many cubits by that many cubits and all the all the detailed instructions and it was precision work because he carved palm trees and chain work into the fine gold, and he carved cherubim into it, and all this I mean, this is some fine work and gold here it, so the Bible describes to us here the care and the attention to detail that marked the furnishings of the temple. It defined magnificence. It was a magnificent work. So what Solomon did by doing all this incredible work is he set a new standard for excellence. He set a new standard way, way up high. He raised the bar, we would say today. He set a high standard for excellence. Now, what kind of metals were used in the temple and its furnishings. Did it say lead? Did it say something else? What what kind of metal? It wasn't just metal. It was a precious metal. What metal was it? You remember, gold, fine gold. Why? Because that's the best there is. That's the best there is. Now, I want to show you something now in 1 Corinthians 3.16. It says, Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? So where's the temple now? Where's the temple now? The temple is in us. The temple is in us. We are now the temple where the Holy Spirit resides in us. Wow, that's fantastic that that's where the temple now is. And so what does this mean? If we're the temple, don't you think there's something for us to learn from the standard that Solomon set and the old temple, that high bar, that high standard in the temple, and now we're the temple. What should our standard be if we are the temple? Our service should be the best there is. Now, this gold that Solomon overlaid everything with, this gold, fine gold over everything, when you come to belief in Jesus Christ and he comes to take residence in you, You are overlaid with the precious righteousness of Christ and we should serve with excellence. So if we are the temple, what should our standard be? Our service should be the best there is. I asked some friends about what they thought about this uh, gold. I said, why gold? Why Why gold? Not only besides this, the best there is, what other input can you give me? And one guy said, ah. Gold is fitting for a king. Oh, yeah, that's good. It's fitting for a king. Our service as the temple of God should be fitting for our king, King Jesus. You know, he died. He paid a high price. He already pledged his end. He said, I'm going to pay all this. You can't pay it. I will. (laughs) At the cross, he paid for our salvation. Now, I want to ask you. Is Jesus getting the service he paid for? Is he getting what he paid for? Now, I'm not saying you got to work for your salvation because he paid for all that. But if he did pay for it, what about the service you could be giving, that we could be giving? He should be getting the best you've got. So going to church on Sunday, there, I did that. Oh, I tithed, there. I did that. Uh, well, I'm going to go to Wednesday probably. I usually make it most of the time. I'm doing pretty good. Is that the best you got? How are you treating your co-workers when they take a break? Do you take a break? Uh, Forget about work now. How about when you come home? How do you treat your wife? How do you treat your kids? Are you giving them the best you've got? Well, Ray, come on. By the time I got home, I'm tired. What do you think it was like for Jesus on the cross? Do you think that tired him out? Do you think we could give our best? He gave us his best. I want to show you something in Philippians 1 and 9. Philippians 1.9 says this, And this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment, that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness which are by Jesus Christ, to the glory and praise of God. Now, I see three things in this passage here. Now, there's a lot of things, but the things I'm focused on is the fact that he says, I pray that your love may abound. What does abound mean? It's got to increase. It's got to be more and more. He even says that, that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and discernment. You know, never plateau and say, well, that's enough. There are the glasses, uh, eh, half full is pretty good, Eh, 70%. Full is pretty good. Oh, fill mine to the rim and I feel wonderful. No, you need to abound. You need to overflow that cup. You need to overrun it. That your love may abound, spill out all over the place. And then it says that you may approve the things that are what? It says in verse 10, things that are excellent. You know, you do not achieve excellent by saying, I've done enough. I'm going to take the rest of the day easy. You don't do excellent by saying, eh, good enough for me. It's not about good enough for you. Is it good enough for the Lord Jesus Christ? Is it your best? And I mean, really, uh, review yourself. Is that your best? And then also it says that you may be sincere, be serious. It says that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ being what? Verse 11, being filled, filled. Now, I'm I'm most of the way up there. Eh, That's pretty good. I've got a lot more than most people with these fruits of righteousness. No, filled. Way up there, abound, excellence, filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ, to the glory and praise of God. See, it's not to the glory and praise of you. Oh, look how awesome I am. I went to church. Oh, look how much I tithed. Oh, (laughs) yay you. It's to the glory and praise of God. We should do our very best for the Lord in every project we undertake and everything we do, everything we do. One time I went to this place that served a turkey avocado sandwich. I loved it. They had this really good, strong iced tea. And I went in there and sat down uh, after ordering. I got ordered my turkey uh, avocado sandwich and my iced tea, and I sat down and waited. Well, some people came in after me, and they got their food before me. And the people that came in after them, they also got their food too. So I had uh, two groups of people that came in after I did, And they all got their stuff and they were eating. And I was about kind of getting upset, as anybody would probably be. I was wanting to go and give them, hey, did you forget about me? And and the Lord said, no, I want you to wait. I want you to learn something here. So I waited until I was absolutely sure they forgot about me. And then the Lord says, okay, you can go. I took my receipt and I went up to the people where I ordered the food. And I held my receipt up and I said, hey, did you forget about me? And they looked at me and they said, oh. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. We forgot. We forgot. We'll have it right out. So I went and sat down. Well, eventually they come and they bring the, the tray and with my turkey avocado sandwich on it, and they set it down in front of me, and then they walked off. We are sorry, and they took off and, and then left. Well, I looked at there's a sandwich, but where's my iced tea? Didn't get my iced tea. I did not get what I paid for. I had to go ask if they forgot about me, and then I still didn't get what I paid for. And so I had to go back again and I took my receipt again and I showed them my receipt and I said, hey, look here, see, look at this. You're still not really getting me everything I paid for. I'm I'm really not getting what I paid for here. I'm not getting everything you are supposed to give me. And so they said, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Give me my tea. And I sat down and started eating. I thought, well, Lord, what, what was that all about? Because all the people that were behind me had now eaten and gone and I'm still there. And the Lord said, um, You know, Ray, when you had to go back and show them your proof of purchase and hold up your receipt to prove to them that you paid for this, that you're not getting what you paid for, can I ask you something? And the Lord said, I paid for you, and I have a proof of purchase myself. It's in the scars in my hands, and it's in my side. Proof of purchase. And he asked me, Am I really getting what I paid for? I bought you, but am I getting everything I paid for? Did you forget about me? Friends, we really have to remember that the Lord died for us, and He paid an astronomically high price. And we should be giving Him what He paid for. Our best. Excellence. The high standard. Well, Ray, I'm not that good. I can't get to the high standard. Well, that's why he indwells you and takes residence in you as the as the temple to enable you to do that, to give that high, to be able to perform that high service that he is worthy of. Now, you know, in uh, back to Solomon again, 1 Kings 11, it says, For it was so when Solomon was old that his wives turned his heart. After other gods and his heart was not loyal to the Lord, his God, as was the heart of his father, David. So Solomon was distracted, turned to other gods, and he lost a lot of his loyalty. You know, he could look at the temple, count all his riches and all that stuff, but this did not keep his heart pure before God. You may have a big fat bank account. You may have a nice car and think, well, God just loves me to death because look at all the stuff he gave me. That does not keep your heart pure before God. And so like Solomon, we can very easily become focused on our possessions and our accomplishments and our work rather than why we are to be working and what we're supposed to be doing with it. You're supposed to use all that stuff to glorify God, not yourself. We have to remember that our priority must remain on God and not on what we do or what our reputation is. God has to be first in our lives, whatever you do. He needs to be first in your life to represent Jesus to others and glorify Him and keep our hearts right before Him. No gold, silver, or any achievement can take the place of these simple truths that I'm talking about here. And so, what about that lazy coworker that takes it easy? Have you been a lazy Christian? Because, quite frankly, there's a lot of them out there lazy Christians. And you know, when you lay down and stop representing Jesus, It's a little harder for the rest of us to maintain because, you know, it would be nice to have strength in numbers. Join in. Get in with the body of Christ. Let's represent Jesus all over this country to where people really see the Lord and go, wow, who's this? I want him. You know, I can't represent Jesus to the people you do because you know people I don't know. So let's represent and give our very best and let's represent Jesus across the board everywhere and God will really bless that. So 1 Thessalonians 4 and 1, Finally then, brethren, we urge and exhort in the Lord Jesus Christ that you should abound more and more just as you receive from us how you ought to walk and to please God. For you know what commandments we gave you through the Lord Jesus. Friends, let's just abound more and more. Never be content with enough. Never say, oh, that's enough, I'm done. Abound more and more and encourage others to do the same because the same guy that lays down encourages a good worker to lay down let's encourage people to stand up and stay up father god i thank you for this message today lord i ask you to teach us how to represent your name with excellence lord god you gave an excellent sacrifice may we serve you with excellence thank you for the picture in the temple with excellence we will serve you with excellence. We will never be content with enough. We will do as much as you enable us to do. And thank you for the tremendous privilege of being able to do it. I thank you for it. In Jesus name. Amen.
0: Listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen of Calvary Chapel Pearland, located in Pearland, Texas. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at SetforLiferadio.com.
1: Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless, you are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be
0: set.